and welcome to the recap book chat. We are so glad that you are here today. We have a classic, which I had never heard of, um, called The Practice of the Presence of God. And it is from, it is actually letters written from, I think it's called a Discalist Carmelite named, or called Brother Lawrence. Am I saying that right? Well, he, yeah, and his name was something else, but he was Nicholas Herman. Yes, there you go. Very, a poor guy born in, um, born on January 1st in 1611. And he was, he fought in the 30 year war and was wounded and ended up working at a monastery. And he was the cook and, um, bottle i mean bottle washer <laughs> chief cook and bottle washer uh he, he was the cook and the dishwasher he, yeah he probably washed some bottles though you know i learned that the discalist if i'm saying that right carmelite there's that means it's latin for without shoes so oh, and francis wow. of azizi was he was that and it's like an order of these um monks and they they don't wear shoes but some of them do wear shoes but that well they wear sandals and i think that was what he was because i think later on when his legs started giving him trouble he was reassigned as a sandal to repair sandals that's true Mm -hmm. but so tell about though during so he was injured in the war and i think he was 16 but there was a tree in the middle of the battlefield that kind of changed his life tell why well i think he was 18 but i'm not for sure but i think he was 18 when he noticed the bare tree uh, the bleakness of it in winter and for some reason well i'm sure for god god opened his heart but he he knew that that tree in a very short time was going to be filled you know it's going to be replenished with leaves and everything again and he he knew that he could do that too and so he was just struck in awe of the wonder of god and um, I just thought that was amazing that he act. God converted him by nature. Yes, because and- he was he was very poor. His parents were peasants. He didn't really have much of an education. So I th- I think that's beautiful. You know, and and that that is why when you see a sunset or a sunrise or you know anything like that, uh, you know you we should be struck in awe of the wonder of God. You know. There is, uh, as your brother said long ago, when he was like uh, six or five or six, he said, I think we were watching a, had a rainbow or something. And he said, man, God has good graphics. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I said, who says that? But uh, anyway, so I heard this book from Jonathan Stormont, who did a sermon on, uh, he did like a six week deal on work. And this was in the midst of that, how to, how to find joy in your work, because work is not a bad thing. And if you read the book, you know, he did not like being in the kitchen. He didn't like that, but he learned to love it. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was, you know, he detested it just like most of us might not like a certain job, but how does that show the power of God to put you in a job you hate and then you end up loving it? And helping all these people. I mean, I think that is so amazing. Mind-boggling. Yes. And and it shows, like, perspective matters, you know. Because it's the same job when you hate it as it is when you love it. It's just how you view it. And yeah. he, the whole thing, 
is letters that he's writing to we don't really know the people he's writing to but um he is really good at practicing the presence of god staying continually in prayer with god and i think it it just reminded me of that verse it's like um prays without ceasing and i feel like that's what he that is brother lawrence i feel like he is yeah. you know that's what he gives us that example of that and he doesn't do it perfectly and he says that he's the first to admit it's not perfect but the people that talk about brother lawrence they say he has a rough exterior but it, you're just uh, his character and wisdom are just amazing yeah like people were could draw drawn. yes drawn, drawn to, him. to him and he had the calmness in his countenance that would draw him and um, yeah, I know Johnson Storman said something funny because he said, can you imagine at mail call and all the monks come up there and it's brother Lawrence, you got a letter, brother Lawrence, you got a letter. <laughs> and he said, the monks are probably saying, Hey, what's up with that? Yeah. But, uh, and I, I had a quote right here. It said, Lord, I cannot do this unless thou enablest me. When he failed in his duty, he confessed his fault, saying to God, I shall never do otherwise if you leave me to myself. It is you who must hinder my falling and mend what is amiss. I mean, uh, yeah, like he was, when you said humble, that's a good word to describe him. Very, yes. You know, I'm going to make mistakes. I have made mistakes. And if you read for a brief time, he was a footman and it said he was so awkward, he just Failed. Well, because he, failed. he he had a permanently damaged leg because of the war so he had a limp so yeah. i could see why that would be a, a, a rough a job. hard job yeah, yeah. but he he tells you uh, and it there was a place where he says one does not become holy all at once and then after that it said how can we uh unless we think of him often and then form a holy habit and i love that holy habit mm. Yes. I like, I like when he talks about holy freedom too, <laughs> that we must serve God in holy freedom. Like it's not out of like a duty, like you have to do it, you know, it comes. Mm -hmm. And he talks about too, that you have to know God before you can love him. So you have, and he said he went through the process of where he thought about God before he loved him. He just thought about him. And then the more he thought about him, the more he knew him, the more he knew him, the more he loved him. And that just developed this habitual habit of staying in um, communicado. Commun yes. <laughs> so I thought that's, and, I'm like, that's true. You can't really love something that you don't know. That's so, true. Mm -hmm. And this was one of my favorite that all things are possible to him who believes that they are less difficult to him who hopes that they are more easy to him who loves and still more easy to him who perseveres in the practice of all three virtues. Mm, and I thought, wow, you know, it's just like, it's not going to happen overnight, but mm -hmm. step by step, you know, just like you said, he was, he was aware of his faults, but not discouraged by them and, and not surprised by them. When we make a mistake, we should say, oh, well, uh, that is me. That's, that's normal. But thank goodness God is, God's got my back or yes. our six God has our six or whatever they say you know I, I'm just amazed that we in our culture nobody wants to make a mistake mm -hmm. instead of like you have once tell me we read something and it said praise them for resilience yes your, your children or yourself 
Yes. Like you can do this. And when you fall down and say, well, I guess I can't do it. Not, not yet. Yes. Not today or start over or, you know, something, you know, in the kitchen, you, you have great opportunity to uh, give uh, exercise patience because you burn things, you undercook, you overcook, you leave out the salt, you put in too much salt, you, you know, all these things go wrong. But in that, you know, what you're getting is an education. Well, but sometimes mistakes turn out to be better than like, wasn't the chocolate chip cookie a mistake? It was a mistake. Yeah. So she she actually wanted that to melt and be all in there and it didn't melt. It stayed. So, Hey, sometimes mistakes are good. Yeah. You never know. You know, and I, I have this one says we should feed and nourish our soul with the high notion of God. And I like that. I like the way he words things, the high notion. Like he doesn't even say, I will pray for you. He says, I will endeavor to help you with my prayers. Mm. <laughs> I just think that's, yes. that's sweet. Yes. I like that. He said, the, there is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of continual conversation with God. That was probably my favorite one, I think, out of the whole book. That's what I, the, the biggest, because I'm like, yeah. I, that, but like you said, too, going back, is that I like that he doesn't berate himself for no. when he falters, when he's not in continual conversation. He's just like, well, you know, if I make, he makes a mistake or something, he's like, yep, he admits it, he repents, and then moves on. So yes. I think sometimes we get stuck in the berating ourselves. And then you're actually stuck in the past mm. when, you're, when yes. you do that. I had this one down. I believe one remedy for this, and by this he's talking about overcoming bad habits, is to confess our faults and to humble ourselves before God. I do not advise you to use multiplicity of words in prayer. Many words and long discourses being often the occasion of wonderings. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And my my favorite, if you had to pick one line, was uh, let us think often that our only business in this life is to please God. That's good. And that goes with uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 just bam that's the same thing and and, you know so let's say you uh went somewhere and they didn't have what you needed no matter what it was so instead of getting upset you know you can think well it was not meant to be for me to have that for some reason you know Mm -hmm. or for me to get there or uh some something was you know and just kind of go with that and and like you said move forward but the more you uh, remember that one book i read the more you stir it the worse it stinks <laughs> yeah you can just get so mad over some little bitty something and um and and you can't get over it then if you pass a certain threshold but if you you know sweep it off you know like you got crumbs on you them off you know and that's what yes. we should do. You know, you made a mistake and then move on, move forward. And I think kids need to see that. Kids need to see how you react to things. And that's another quote I like that he said, we ought to help one another by our advice and yet more by our good examples. So I'm like, that's yes. true. Like he, he did that. He was a good example to all those around him. The last of the book. Oh, I think I wrote that down. I do not pray that you may be delivered from your pains but i pray that god earnestly i pray god earnestly that he would give you strength and patience 
hear them as long as he pleases. Because he said at another place that you this is happening for a reason which connected me to that part that you always say that life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. Yes. You should be you're learning something in this, you know. And we usually do learn more in the valley than yes. in, on the mountaintop. The mountaintop's great, but it's in the valley that you learn things. He also said sufferings will be sweet and pleasant to us while we are with him and him being God and the greatest pleasures will be without him a cruel punishment to us. So that's what Ooh, you're yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I did well, I did have a question for you though because so he's he also said he off like he's talking about God God often sends diseases of the body to cure those of the soul. But then I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it and I'm like but not always because Job I, I no. wouldn't say he had a disease of the soul. And mm-hmm. so I wouldn't, I don't think you can put that as a blanket statement. No, I think it, he said he often. I mean, cause that's what Job's friends yeah. said. Job's friends were like, Hey, there's something wrong with you, man. Like that's why all this is happening. You got to figure out what you did. You something's, you know, you got to fix your life. So, but in the way that you think about it, you know, was Abraham doing anything wrong when God told him to sacrifice Isaac? No, it was kind of a test. Mm-hmm. It was a test to see if he would. So all suffering and challenges are tests for us. So, I mean, even if they come from the devil, it's still a test. Mm-hmm. And it still can bring you closer to God. But and and you know, like a I think the tornado in Perryton, it pulled people closer together. I mean, everybody was working together and people from as far as I mean, other states, other, you know, way far away sent things. And so that's a bad thing. You know, three people died, many were wounded, still in hospitals, some of them and everything still struggling. But you know, you can take that and make it uh, something that glorifies God. Mm-hmm. That's true. He works. He works everything for our good. And he and he said, "I abandon myself in His hands, that He may do what He pleases with me." Woo, man! You know, like really, that's total abandonment of. That's another way to say deny yourself. Yes, but a, a different way. But that's basically what that's saying. And it said uh, that we ought not to weary of doing little things for the love of God, who regards not the greatness of the work, but the love with which it was performed. That's good. Yeah. You know how, you, you know, I, you know, you want to put something on Facebook. Well, you're not going to put something on Facebook that's just a little bitty task. You know, people put their crews and all that, you know. So I think we live in that kind of world instead of maybe helping your next door neighbor get her groceries in or helping a lost kid at Walmart or, you know, some little something may seem little to you, but you're acting out of love and God. That's how we're agents for good. Yes. And are we perfect? No, but we are all God has to work with. <laughs> I mean, we're it. So uh, I, I just thought, wow, you know. We are a reflection and he's love. So anything out of love is reflecting, is bringing light into a dark world. And, and, and he goes on in this one part, he said, uh, oh my God, since thou art with me, I must now in obedience to thy commands, apply my mind 
to these outward things, I beseech thee to grant me the grace to continue in thy presence. And to this end, do thou prosper me with thy assistance, receive all my works and possess all my affections. And I said, um, you know, you could be washing dishes or whatever you want to do, but that's still, he's, he's like giving it all to God. And mm. so you're not going to, if you, let's say you're a, um, a mechanic, I'm not a mechanic, but you know, let's say you're a mechanic and you are a Christian, then should you be different than the guy next door who maybe isn't? Yeah, you should, you shouldn't say you changed the oil when you didn't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's not always the case. Some people think because they're a Christian, they'll, they'll get a, a free pass, you know, like, okay, well, you know, put that fish sticker on there and I'm good. Mm-hmm. No, but what brother Lawrence is saying, you don't, it's not an outward thing. It's an inward thing. And people have to see you living it day after day. Yeah. When the dish broke or when the soup burned or all this stuff, he had to keep, he had to keep cool and not get rattled and, People saw that and they were impressed by it. Probably more when things went wrong than when things went right. Well, I think our outer world is a reflection of our inner world. I mean, you can kind of hide some of your inner world and kind of fake your outer world for a little bit. But when you look at the course of a life, it really, it comes through. So, and he's actively working daily on his inner world and that community, communing with God and that comes through in his outer world. And people are extremely attracted to that and are, are captivated by it. Because mm-hmm. there, there's a reason for that. Because that's what we were created for. And so we have a hunger for that. And when we see it, we recognize this is good. You know, how to, and that's why a lot of his letters, people are wanting what he has. Like, mm-hmm. how do you... What do you do? What's your, you know, that's kind of his letters are all kind of about his method. And I thought it interesting that at one point, did you catch that? He said, I'll, I'll write to you and tell you as long as you don't show anyone else. Did you yeah, think that was interesting? <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. Like millions of people have read this. So I'm like, yeah, sorry, I Brother Lawrence. Was... <laughs> <laughs> Someone well, lied to you. Yeah. So, and then, and then he said, I say the same thing over and over. Yes, and, and he does. And I heard, I've heard that about in the Bible. The Bible's not that hard. It says the same thing over and over. And basically it says, uh, whatever you do, you want to please God. L- l- learn to love like Jesus. And that's how Jesus came to seek uh, the lost. But he said, I came to do the will of my father who sent me. Well, that's what we're here for. Yes. Uh, this was another one that says, let all our employment be to know God. The more one knows him, the more one desires to know him. And I, I thought, you know how people say, well, I didn't get the job I wanted. I didn't do it. But it, it, really, the job you have is to glorify God. That's true. It doesn't matter what your uh, earthly, you know, task happened to be, you know. Uh, you, but I thought that was powerful because it it's not what, um, could you glorify God um Hanging sheetrock. Yeah, you should be able to. Could you glorify him uh, changing a diaper? Yeah. Well, what's your your street sweeper quote? That's the kind of the same idea. Oh, yeah. The Martin Luther King. Yeah. Sweep the street well. I mean, so people can say, 
you know, and you would think he's, he's sweeping his tree. Yeah. But you could do it well. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, uh, this is just a little fact that, so uh, we ate at, at Jason's Deli and this girl, she just gave off the vibe that she loved her job and she was good at it. And she had a smile and then, and cause I don't eat out hardly ever and I can't eat a lot of stuff. So I'm, I'm not trying to be a difficult customer, but you know, I, so I just told her, I said, I really need something with an avocado in it and meat. I can't have bread, blah, blah, blah. And she said, Oh, I think you need this right here. And she's still smiling and all that. And uh, I said, well, thank you for your help. And, and I was trying to order for your brother who was on the phone. And so, and you couldn't hear him. He, he thinks his phone, uh, <laughs> his phone in the car sounds good, but it's like, <laughs> anyway, she, and she found out what he wanted and all that. And she said, I've never taken an order, uh, through a phone like that. <laughs> and she's still smiling and everything and have a great day. And I said, and I, and, and you have, as well as I have, you've gotten the person who, uh, you know, and they don't even want to be there and they don't want you to be there either, you know. So it, it it's just a matter of um, blooming wherever you're planted, don't you think? Oh, yes. And energy is, I mean, it affects everybody. We put off energy and, and scientifically, they don't even have the, the type of tools to measure how far our energy actually can reach. Um, they say like right now they can measure that it reaches, I don't know, kind of a big circle around us basically, but still, so you come into contact with people that either good or bad, you're affecting them. So mm-hmm. that's, it's so nice to meet someone who has that positive energy and, you know, is, has a positive mindset is doing their best that it really makes it, it makes everybody around them better and want to be better, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, especially I'm thinking, you know, in in our day and age, people want to talk about feelings a lot and they kind of want to stay there. Oh, you had a bad day. I'm sorry. What happened? What happened? And go over each little thing like that. Well, that, those negative, that's going all through your body and say, instead of just saying, oh man, I'm sorry you had a bad day. What can we do? What can I do to help you? Or uh, I loved your story of that you you met someone that had had a bad day and you just prayed with them right there. And and then you move forward. And that's got to be more beneficial than, oh, you're, I'm sorry you had this, you you know, and instead of uh, lamenting over and over, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not. I mean, just think if the generals and the wars in the past, oh, we lost that battle. We lost. We lost. Ah! No, they say, okay, we lost that. What can we do to fix it? And we got to hurry because they're coming. (laughs) Yeah, that forward forward mindset. Yeah, it said, God knoweth best what is needed for us. And I think we need to trust God enough to use kind of your quote, like, what am I supposed to be getting out of this? This is not what happens to me, but what happens for me, but help me to see see it because I'm missing it and we very well could miss it well and I heard a sermon one time saying that like when there is suffering he was saying he almost gets excited about it because it's like okay there's a lesson for me okay and and then I want to get this lesson because I don't want to have to go through it again so it's like Mm -hmm. so if we look at it that way it's totally different than oh my goodness all this is happening to me oh this is you know then you're then you're stuck in the victim mindset and you're not moving forward and 
and then you're not going to learn the lesson and then it's going to have to be repeated. So, and, and I think that, uh, in you, you know, we do have default and you want your default to be the gratitude mindset, the growth mindset. That's where you want to go. You do not want to get in the victim mindset. Cause I think you, you continually go default to that, like, whoa, and overreact instead of saying, why me? Why not me? Everything. There's going to be problems. There's going to be problems in life. So, but you um, told me that a long time ago. I can't remember who, where you heard it from, but you said even like doing the dishes or the laundry, someone like you'd heard or listened to someone about that while they're doing that, they're, they're praying how grateful they are that they have a family to cook for or that they have uh, kids to wash clothes. Like they, they turn the, the chores into a time of gratitude into, and I'm like, I love how that flips it instead of it's like, uh, you know, yes. I'm going to, I have to go all this, whatever it is, you know, it flips. You it. get, you get better at that too. As you go, you know, you're thinking, Oh, there's, there's food on the plate. If you're trying to wash dishes, be thankful you have food. If, if mm-hmm. there's, um, if you have a bill to pay, be thankful you have uh, electricity for the air conditioning. Yes. What if we didn't have electricity? I mean, you I know. thank God a lot this summer for AC. <laughs> Because well, it is a bit hot. Yes. I'm like, I am so appreciative of it. And that it works. You know, yes. Because it, it could not work. And uh, so I'm just, you know, and, and his other big point is we are never alone. God is with us. He is always with us. So I just thought we, we, we don't need to, you know, if you are alone or you can be alone in a crowd or something, because he said at one point he is within us. And then he says, seek him, not elsewhere. I just like the way it's worded. It's really mm. worded coolly. <laughs> yes. And I do realize that Brother Lawrence was not married and did not have kids. And so his amount of distractions would be significantly lower than a lot of people's. But so I think it's good to take that into account and to give yourself grace uh, because it is, you know, I mean, he did have chores and stuff and the, but then he would have time where he was all by himself. So, which would be very, a great time to be contemplative. And I think it would be a little bit easier to have that inner world when there's no distractions really. So, I mean, but. On the flip side, he did have the, you know, chronic pain. Oh, yes. So he had some other stuff that would probably level that playing field out. Because uh, just think about it. Kids teach you the innocence and everything that we're supposed to have. So we learn a lot. Kids are draining. If you're a parent, I know that. They're draining. But they also show you something that people that don't have kids don't get to see. That's true. And spouses, spouses really pull out your, your faults, spouses and kids, actually. I mean, you think, I thought I was pretty patient person until I had kids. And then I, you know, and even my, my husband, I'm like, there's a lot of things that I thought I was good at. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not good at these at all. So patience is, patience is, is uh, hard because right now we are on a journey you know, and uh, it is, I think um, it, in one part, he says, if our love of God were great, we should love him equally in pains and pleasures. Mm, and good. I think, I think that's hard to remember. It's easy to remember more in, I don't know, but I, I mean, I think in, in pain, I think when I had my health 
uh, struggles the most, I relied on God the most mm. because it, it slowed me down. And I was thinking like, um, what am I supposed to be getting? And I think I, sometimes we go so fast. We, we get caught up in this, like we got to do this, got to do this. Gotta, and, and there should be that calm, uh, calmness, the present practicing the presence of God. I just love that. I thought that was powerful. Taking time to be still and listen. And yes, it's huge. And then, yeah. And, and then, you know, cause nowhere else are you going to see that out there? You're not going to see that. A lot of people do just the opposite. Like they get, you know, that may be why I like, a, I like bookstores. Cause we went to a bookstore every yesterday and everybody was just calm. And this one girl was picking out a Kristen, hannah book she picked out the four winds and and i talked to the total stranger i said oh that's a great book she said oh you think that'd be good i said she said she had some time off and i said well you need some because you can't put that book down (laughs) and she was all excited she said oh i'm so excited blah 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 so but you know a bookstore is very calm place love bookstores yeah just has the essence of being calm like there's not um there's not not even any music playing i mean it it was really quiet and uh, but uh, I, I think that as a kid, that was my job to wash dishes. And I did not do what Brother Lawrence did. I would not say it was a blessing when I was a kid. I was kept thinking, why don't my mom, all my friends, they had dishwashers at their house, but we didn't. And uh, my mom and dad, they said, we have a dishwasher. It's you. <laughs> And so I didn't have the good attitude, uh, shame on me, like Brother Lawrence. But And when did they get a dishwasher? Well, when they thought I might be leaving to go to college. Well, oh, let's get that dishwasher ordered. Let's get one. You know, I'm like, wait a minute. But it is, it is really hard in the moment to remember to practice gratitude and think about what you have instead of what you don't have. Like, that is super hard. And, but I think that's a great lesson for people, for us and for kids, like, yeah, to try to practice that, like, but it's easy to fall short of that, especially when we're, we live in a consumeristic society. And so even more so than brother Lawrence at the time, you know, cause that's the 1600s. Now it's like, I mean, we have, there's commercials, billboards, like there's so many things telling you what you don't have that you need for your life. Even subconsciously, even if you're not consciously um, looking at these advertisements, they're still affecting you. So we really have to fight that, you know. Oh, I so agree with that. Yeah. And, and, you know, put on the armor of God because you will be bombarded. And um, and sometimes that's where, what goes with that. The tech wise family where you need you need some peace. And Mm -hmm. that's what that Sabbath day is for. And I, I would tell people, you know, if you couldn't get a day, get an hour, Mm -hmm. get, get some time where you do, you know, disconnect. And uh, yeah, he did have us beat on that because I'm sure when he was in the kitchen, nobody was blaring something from uh, buy this order before midnight tonight. Yeah. (laughs) But wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna throw in fifteen knives. Blah blah blah. I mean, for nine ninety nine. Yeah. My mom fell for all those sham wow, and I was like, "What? Where did this even come from?" <laughs> the knife I you never have to sharpen. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and in some countries they only have one knife, and they use that one knife for everything. So, yeah. 
I know. Uh, yeah, he lived in a time, and I'm sure if you were in a monastery, they're gonna there's not gonna be a lot of clutter. No, and that's gonna be a good thing for you not to be distracted because you're, especially those of us that with ADHD, we are kind of easily distracted. You yes. know, which hey, yeah. I and I already told you this, but I do want to sp- sometime in the future, I want us to go to a monastery and stay the night. I think that would be so refreshing and you said that you heard that there's some where they like take your cell phone and stuff yeah you have no communication and i'm all for that so i think that'd be a great forced break from uh from the society really yeah i think it'd be cool to see uh if you know when are we uncomfortable with that or are we comfortable with that you know that would be cool because uh you know uh i don't remember the name of the movie but when these people i can't remember how many there's like five people trapped in an elevator and there's some of them are calm and then this one girl's like freaking out and uh you know and but some are calm and some are not so we want to be the calm one i mean remember that one girl she's a if I get out of here, I'm going to have my eyes lasered. <laughs> like freaking out. And yeah. like, All right. Just calm oh, down. Oh, that was uh, one. Uh, you got mail. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But, you know, wasn't it funny that she was thinking all about herself? Mm-hmm. And then the other guy's like saying, maybe if we all jump in the air. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, at least he was trying to problem solve. Yeah. And, but some of them were really reflecting, you know, and I thought, I thought that was because that one guy said, when I, if we get out of here, I'm proposing to his girlfriend. I thought, oh, you know, he was thinking of someone else. But I'm thinking if, talk about a quick read, is this a quick read or what? You know, it's a quick and I would say refreshing and impactful read. So, and it's, it's very interesting because it is just letters. And so it's almost like you're getting to kind of spy on brother Lawrence's private letters to the people. And, but the message stays consistent throughout it. And so it's, I definitely recommend it and take a glimpse back into the 1666, I think is when they said it was written around that time. So, but, and it still holds true today. Yeah. And it, and it is 60 pages, but like you did say, it's dense you know, uh, you know, take your time to read it, but it very, very well written and just help us focus that, uh, basically our only business, as I started, said at the beginning, our only business was, is to delight, love and delight ourselves in God. And how do we do that? By, by talking to him mm-hmm. and we talked to him and, and we, in one point he did say that is the great delusion to think that times of prayer ought to differ from other times. Mm. That's true. And, you know, he, he had a problem. I think I read that somewhere that I guess in a monastery, they may, they have a set prayer time and he didn't like that. So I, I think he might've been a bit of a rebel because uh, <laughs> he, he didn't like that. You know, like nobody's going to tell me when to pr- pray because I see why, because he'd already been praying. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to pray just that one specific time. So. But I also see for other people, it might help them stay on that track. Whereas they, you know, sometimes we need out. There's people that need outside expectations to help them. Uh, oh, that's true. And so mm-hmm. there's people that do fine with their inner expectations. And so I think that 
a set prayer time might be really beneficial for someone who needs that outside expectation. Well, you are right because uh, some people might go all day and say, I forgot to pray. Mm-hmm. So you're definitely, definitely true. So I, I would definitely, I gave this out of five star scars, five stars. I gave it five stars. Mm-hmm. So. Me too. And I, and I think that is a wrap on the practice of the presence of God written by brother Lawrence. And if you want a uplifting, quick, read to help us strive to always be in the presence of God. You can order it from Thrift Book or probably check it out at your library since it's I think it's a classic. And so we encourage you to keep those pages turning and those book lights burning and your AC should keep you cool. Churning. <laughs> yeah, the AC churning and uh, the burr months are right around the corner and uh, so I think we can make it, don't you? I think so. And we'll see you on the next one.